going on, guys? Quick shout out to our gold level sponsors, Anglesey Family Chiropractic. They're out in Spokane Valley. They're also here in Coeur d'Alene. Go check them out. Dr. Craig Anglesey is amazing. He'll get you feeling nice and good. Thomas, your husband, father, host of Car Seats and Coffee podcast. And then you're also an actor, though. But uh, thank you for your time, man. I appreciate it. Yeah, no problem, brother. I appreciate you. I've been I've been excited about this one. Genuinely, like when I do my own shows, it's one thing, but when I get to jump on fun ones with people that I really admire, um, I get excited, dude. Good. Thank you so much, man. It's gonna be awesome. First of all, I want to go back a little bit though, because you have this awesome pod podcast. Uh, like I said, on dadhood, which we'll get into later. But what was childhood like for you? Did you have a great father figure in your life that kind of helped to shape you into the man that you are today? Sure. Um, my father's is amazing in the sense that he taught me the things that I'm finding more value in today. Like he taught me the value of like working hard, how to actually balance finances and do some of those things. The, um, on the flip side of that, my dad was very busy. He was busy all the time. So he ended up, you know, like I said, working way more than nine to five, like 24 seven. So we didn't get a lot of like quality fun time you know, there was definitely some, but it was a lot like he was just busy grinding all the time. Um, him and my mom weren't together. So I'd go spend summers in California with my mom. Um, and then I'd come back and do school here in Utah. So it's kind of like a high level of, of the childhood. But, you know, I think because of that, it also ties into the podcast of me wanting to create an environment that highlights dads, not in the sense of we're just grinding and working all the time but you know dads now they really want to be involved want to be committed yeah. care about being you know without these gender stereotypes and and we want to just like do it all show our kids we can cook clean but we can also go throw the ball while working you know do, doing it all so yeah what inspires you to start the podcast? I mean, obviously you want to kind of get connect, connect with dads. Yeah, absolutely, man. So um, as you had mentioned before, I have an acting background. And, you know, the one thing about acting I can't stand is the fact that you're going in there. You can prepare all you want. You could actually be the best actor in the room. And you walk in and it's really about the person sitting behind the table. And you could look like their ex. You could look like someone they just, they don't like. And because of that, like none of the other things that you put in play and all that hard work really matter at that point. Yeah. Um, so I, I love being obviously in front of the camera. Um, I love storytelling. Storytelling is really the base of like everything I love about just life in general is like having these stories, sharing these stories, hearing other people's stories. So I thought, you know what, let's do, let's do a podcast. And I was sitting in my car and I had my two car seats. That's why it's car, car seats, right? Yeah. And, and, and had a coffee in my hand. And I'm looking back and I'm like, where did my life like shift? I went from like, like literally being on these like film sets and doing yeah. all this other stuff to like sitting in my car, like on a break from my nine to five, I have car seats in the back. I'm holding a coffee just to give me a little energy to get through the day. And I'm like, what in the world, man? Right. And so the more I started talking to other dads, I, I just love like interacting with people. So I'd be at the coffee shop and be like, Hey, you know, I heard you talking about your kids blah, blah, blah. and it's like, Oh, well, I'm not alone in this. Like, right. like guys genuinely don't feel like there's a ton of resources out there. And they don't feel like there's a lot of things where moms have grips, dude. There's tons of podcasts, tons of blogs, all this stuff for moms. Yeah. But men were just supposed to 
be what men do, just toughen it up and just get through it and deal, right? So right. thought, you know what? Why not use some of the acting and like the voiceover stuff and kind of mold that into podcasts with just a platform that really worked for me and throw that out there and start building a podcast about other people rather than just myself, which was a weird transition, right? Sure. Because innately you want to go and be like, well, the actor side of me wants to be in front of the camera and doing everything. And then it was like, oh, but this podcast really isn't about me. Right. It's about highlighting other men and their stories. I just happen to be a catalyst throwing it together. So. And it's a great show. You always have awesome guests on there. I've had the honor of being on your show before, so I really appreciate that. Uh, what's your favorite part about being a dad? Dude, my favorite part about being a dad, oh, man. Um, wow, that's, a, that's an awesome question because originally, you know, you want to go to the – just the response that everybody gets like watching them grow watch them develop you know like yeah. when they come up and they say you love you they love you which doesn't happen all the time when it does it's amazing right. um i think the fact that i get to sit back and watch some other little beings that i love more than anything in the world mold into their own selves yeah like i get to go along with their journey and be part of that journey and i think that as far as being a dad means the most to me. I love it. Dude. And, and, and I'm the same way, man. I love seeing the, my kids are 10 and almost seven, man. And they're really kind of starting to mold into them, their own selves, their own personalities, you know, and, and have their own things that they like. Uh, kind of on the flip side of that, what's the hardest part about being a dad for you? Yeah. The hardest part was letting my ego go, man. Um, <laughs> you know, I don't, I haven't even talked to, this is so funny, dude. I'm about to tell you on this. I haven't even said this on my own podcast, but, um, you know, when I first became a dad, it was very difficult for me because I, in my mind, I, all I wanted to do was achieve, 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 achieve. That's just like my personality. It's like, how high can you go? Unfortunately, a lot of those things were like materialistic you know, points. Like if once I get this type, kind of house and this kind of car and this kind of position at work and, you know, that kind of mind frame. And so I was so driven that way. And I was moving up a corporate ladder at a, a tech company. And also now I have these kids and it's like, I almost lost like my identity. Yeah. So the hardest thing for me was understanding that there's a new Thomas uh, it's weird saying that in like the third person or whatever, but like there's a, <laughs> totally. there's, a, <laughs> there's a new version of myself yeah. that I have to grow into. And it's not that I don't still want some of those things. It's just the importance and the level of needing those versus like needing a solid family has yeah. dramatically changed. So that was the hardest thing, man. And it's still like I battle back and forth every once in a while. I'm like, yeah, but you know, that new Tesla SUV would be nice. And then, right. like, yeah. but then I'm like, but so is like getting my kids and swimming lessons and doing all these other things. So, yeah, that's awesome. Now, I was doing some research on you and you actually grew up doing martial arts, your black belt in Taekwondo. You won nationals. How old were you, yes. when, you when you won nationals? Um, let's see. Nationals would have been, I would have been 14 when I, okay. when I won nationals. Um, Taekwondo was a huge part of my life, my friend. Like a lot of other people, they do traditional uh, sports, you know, soccer, football, baseball, and so forth. Um, to me, 
my dad, and this, this is a kind of fun story about my dad. Um, my dad noticed that because of my behaviors, like at school, I would just, I loved getting in fights. I know that sounds like, <laughs> that sounds bad, but there was something about, and I think it's because I was like always smaller and right. just like scrappy. And I would get in fights for other kids, which is like so weird. Like it was never like someone had beef with me. It was like right. someone was getting picked on and I would, I would just be the guy that would jump in and start like fighting. Wow. Like, you know, um, I'm probably going to get flagged for saying that now or something, but <laughs> <laughs> I apologize to anybody I fought out there. Right. Um, but like, because of that, my dad's like, yo, I understand that you're protecting kids, but the way you need to do it is you need to understand also like the discipline behind it. Right. So he got me in Taekwondo very early on, um, okay. like early elementary, you know, uh, and then I just kept going and going and, um, it was it was a really neat opportunity. Master Kim was uh, my instructor. He, you know, he came over from Korea. It was very it was very different than a lot of like dojos now, mm. where it, it's kind of like pay to play. Like his was very it was very strict, man. It was like if your grades, if you're you know, if you are talking back to your parents, like you can't even though you've waited the duration to do your next belt testing, like you won't be able to. There was so much discipline, honor, and respect in it. Um, and so that helped so much in life, but then also competing. I think competing is a great thing. Like I, yeah. I genuinely think like getting in whatever it is, and I know you do the, the MMA stuff, so you understand this, but like getting in a ring or getting in, you know, the, in a fight controlled environment fighting, when you've trained that hard, there's something that teaches you way more about yourself, you know, in that five minutes, 10 minutes or whatever the route, you know, is because you are just exuding everything and you're hyper-focused and you learn your weaknesses, which mm -hmm. I think becomes your strength later. Yeah. Wow, man, that's awesome. I mean, you went on to double major in interpersonal communication, criminal justice, and then you pursued a uh, kind of the acting side of things. What made you go into the acting side? But then you ended up landing a role with Anthony Hopkins in the world's yeah. fastest Indian. How cool was that, dude? Yeah, that was, man, first and foremost, hats off to you. You, like, you did your research, my friend. <laughs> <laughs> I tried, man. Absolutely. Yeah, um, yeah, real, so two parts of that like the fun thing about the double major was I actually wasn't going to graduate on time because okay. I I was taking school a little loose and going in talking to the guidance counselor like this conversation I just still feel I can feel it rush through my body the guidance counselor looked me in the eyes and said Thomas you're not going to graduate in the four years wow and I sat there and I thought about it and I was like whoa okay First and foremost, like one, I appreciate the fact she was talking to me like that. But the wake up was, I get very motivated when someone tells me I can't. Mm. So I literally walked out of her office and I signed up for twice as many credits as I could. Like I was like maxing out while still working. And I went on and I just did a double major instead where everyone was doing one and a minor. I was like, no, nah, I'm going to do it because they were like, you can't take this comm class that high level calm in this criminal justice class. And I was like, cool, tell me what I can't do, please. Cause I'm going to do it. Right. So once they did that, it fired me up. And in one of those calm classes, I actually had a professor that stopped me after and said, Hey Thomas, like I have a friend who's in the filming industry 
and they're doing a film up in Salt Lake, would you ever consider being in a film, like in a movie? And I was like, well, yeah, but I'm not an actor and I don't know anything about acting other than who's on the screen. They're like, no, 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 we'll get you as what they call like an extra, okay? So basically I went up to this set as an extra and started hanging out and like talking to the casting directors and other people on set. And I was like, this is amazing. Like, this is really like a cool environment. Like very different than what we see end product. I'll tell you that much. Right, but sure. like, you know, <laughs> when you're on these huge budget films and you're seeing all that's going into it and like how many people are working very hard behind the scenes to make that look and feel the way it is. I thought, wow, this would be really cool. So the casting director that I met on there was like, come out, there's this film called World's Fastest Indian. I would love for you to come out and be a featured extra on it. And I was like, what the heck is a featured extra, right? right? And he's like, <laughs> a featured extra is basically someone that has, that's in a lot more of the scenes, but doesn't have speaking lines. Okay. Okay, so like, you'll see um, the detective or, some, or someone that's like, you'll see them throughout the film, but they never say anything. Like that person's probably getting paid as a featured extra. So I'm like, okay. So I go out there it's in Wendover. I'm like living in Wendover for two weeks out of the golden nugget out there, you know, and, <laughs> and like starting to meet people. Well, I'm on set one morning and it's really early and Anthony Hopkins is on set. He's doing his thing. And the director looks over and this is like, it's crazy, but he looks over and he's like, Hey, you, because he didn't know me from anybody else. You know what I mean? So I was like, cool, I'm a, I'm a you, whatever. And yeah. so he's like, He's like, come here. I walk over. He goes, I want you to deliver this line to, and he called him Tony. I want you to deliver this line to Tony. And I'm like, wait a minute. Like, I'm about to do a scene in a film and deliver a speaking line to like Anthony Hopkins. So <laughs> before, be, dude, this is like, this is so crazy. So we go through, I do the scene, deliver the line to him. And after, they like they cut for a moment and I was sitting there in like those fold-out lawn chairs next to Anthony Hopkins and he was like talking about he said Sean Connery called me the other day and he asked me if I wanted to go golfing he's like and I hate the damn sport you know it was like it was as if I was like talking to this guy like he was my friend come on I'm like I felt so out of my element but then I realized something that this guy who could be a complete jerk, you know, on the set was like one of the most kind, wholehearted, like walking up to any and everybody saying hello, wow. where people that had like one lines in the film were acting like these prima donnas and were just like so rude to people. And I thought if I can continue ever going in acting and if I ever get a big enough opportunity, I want to be more like that kind of a guy. Yeah. I want to be the guy that like shows up and understands and is, has gratitude for the opportunities he's been given. Yeah. That's, I'm going to have to go back and watch that movie. I just remember it such a, being such a great movie, but now I'm going to have to keep my eye on you. <laughs> yeah. you it, That's awesome. But I mean, you've gone on to do like several Disney TV movies, independent films. What projects are you working on right now? I mean, obviously this coronavirus thing has kind of put a damper probably on some things, sure. but what do you got going on right now? Yeah, so I'm actually, um, well, like you said, before all this went down, doing a film called Spirit of Vengeance. Um, okay. And I play, I play a cowboy in it that's coming back, you know, had a rough childhood. It's coming back and 
getting vengeance to all people that uh, kind of do wrong. Come on. And there's there's some twists in there. I don't want I don't want to give it away in case yeah. anybody gets the opportunity to watch it. But really cool, very different than anything I've ever done. Which is kind of weird because the majority of things I get cast in are like a killer or some like the bad guy. Which <laughs> yeah. at first like rubbed me wrong because I'm like you don't know me, like right. you know. But then after I'm like, but it's so much more enjoyable. To play that role and i don't know why maybe because it's not who i am daily um right. i just there's so much depth and fun and so i guess if they want to keep casting me as that i'll just take it right <laughs> yeah for sure that's awesome man that's awesome now your wife katie she's an author and a singer and she wrote yeah. this book called big girl decisions a memoir of my journeyhood to motherhood and our journey uh, to motherhood and I mean, from your perspective, you kind of mentioned that it was a rough go, kind of letting go of the ego. But what was that, what was that journey like for you to become a dad? Um, yeah, the journey of me, like I said, um, because I had so many things like going on, that journey coming into fatherhood was very different. One, yeah. because all I wanted to be when I was younger is be a dad, which is kind of like, I know that sounds weird, but it's like, to me, that was like the one thing that was like, no, I want a family. I want to be a provider. I yeah. want to take care of, of another individual, right? Um, and then the moment I become the dad, it like messes with me because it's like, well, hold up. You know, I was only responsible for myself or so long. Yeah. <laughs> and now I've got like one, once my first son, um, which, I got to run into that story here in a second because that one that was interesting. Um, yeah. So I have I have my son now, and going through this whole like ego trying to let go of the old me and adapting to this new version. I didn't even have enough time. I mean, my wife had warned me from the beginning. She's like, "Thomas, look, we're gonna have two kids," and I was like, "I'm down. I'd love yeah. to have two kids." She's like, "The second we have kids, man, we're going for it. We're going hard." <laughs> and I'm like, "Okay." <laughs> so like. Not, I think nine months, yeah, like eight months in from like my first kid, she's like, oh, P.S., like we're having another one. And it's like, <laughs> bro, like, I couldn't even wrap my mind around it. Like I knew my wife is the most like amazing woman. Yeah. Not only could I ever have as like a spouse, um, but just she drives me and pushes me so hard to be better every single day. Yeah. I'm so grateful for her for that. Um, and yeah, she just like, I, I should have known when she said we're going at it hard, like that was going to happen. But dude, it, it still <laughs> oh, <laughs> it messed with me, dude. I love it now because my boys are only like a year and a half apart. Yeah. Um, but man, at the beginning, I like rarely now I'm starting to feel like a little bit like, okay, there's, there's a little light, you know, like they're starting to play, they play together, they do their own thing. But at the beginning, yeah. man, I, I say I was in it to win it. I felt like, you know? yeah, man, I'll tell you like when my daughter was born and we got to leave the hospital and go home, the drive home from the hospital to my house for that first time having a baby in my car was the absolute scariest drive ever. Like, you know, I'm like, 10 and 2 right you know like going slow and I came up to this intersection where there's this free right turn next to me and literally as I go through this intersection this car jumped the curb almost hit my car so I'm like freaking out like I just want to get home I'm like three miles from the hospital right so I'm like 
what the hell is going on? Right? So I survived <laughs> that and I go around the corner and there's this straightaway. And as I'm going down the straightaway, this is the same drive home. This motorcycle zips past me like a hundred miles an hour. And in my river mirror, this guy goes and just bites it and skids like a hundred feet down the street. I'm like, what is going on, man? I need to get home. <laughs> it was the wildest drive home. Dude. I'm like, we're never leaving the house. You know, like, <laughs> And it's like, if your kid wasn't in the car, there's no way all of that would have gone down. Right? Yeah. I mean, right. it was just unbelievable. <laughs> I'm like, yeah. you know, of course, it wasn't that way for my son. When I take home, it was like, yeah, whatever. I'm used to this now. <laughs> right. And it's so funny. You're like, how you said that. It's like 10 and 2. It's like probably the first time you've driven like that for, you know, since 16. Right. Know? Exactly. Like, yeah, totally. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's awesome, man. I wanted to shift to a couple fun questions here for us. I've got these things are called pod decks. I love them, dude. If you've never used them on your podcast, they're super fun. They're just random questions. Um, All right. And uh, we'll pull them out. Hopefully, there's not a flop. We'll see. This says, What things do you do every day that you wish could be automated? Ooh. Oops. First thing I want to say is like emails, but right. they are automating emails. Um, <laughs> You know, it would be nice to automate, like, my sleeping patterns. Like, just to make that so it just, like, it kicked in. I always got the eight hours of sleep because I know that's really important. So right. if I could automate that into my life and I didn't have to think about, like, oh, man, it's, you know, 11 o'clock. Am I going to get my eight hours? It would just be a nice thing to release. <laughs> well, <totally. laughs> that's awesome. Now, being an acting you probably have seen tons of films. What's a favorite movie for you? Oh, dude, this is like so. Oh man, I'm almost embarrassed to say this one, but I I, I genuinely love this film. Um, I love GI Jane. Okay. And um, you know Vigo playing the role of the commander. I, there's just something about I, I'm obsessed with like Navy SEALs. Actually, okay. out of high school. Um, I went through MEPS and everything. I was going to sign the papers to do that. Um, something, something just lined up different in my mind. But, you know, that Navy SEALs have always, and I'm just so fascinated with that. Yeah. Like even today um, on my run, I do this weird thing that while I'm running, I get into the creek because I'm at the mouth of a canyon here. Okay. Um, I get in the creek and it's like freezing water. It's kind of like that old Wim Hof style thing. But I think a lot of times about the Navy SEALs and, and them going through like the water training, um, especially in the wintertime down there in Coronado. It's got to be brutal, right? Yeah. And and just embracing, like they say, embrace the suck is kind of one of their mottos. Right. Um, and so I do things like that on purpose so that when things kind of go south, like a little bit they are right now, um, you just realize that you can handle it all yeah. and it's not as big of a deal as it needs to be. Nice. Well, just so it's not awkward. My favorite movie is the movie say anything. So it's definitely not mm. even close to GI Jane, <laughs> like manliness, but <laughs> I gotta go with that. <laughs> I love it. I love but, it. Uh, what's a favorite role that you've played uh, in your career? Yeah. Um, let's see. There's, a lot of the ones that I play like soldiers have okay. been some of my favorite ones. The only part about it though, is, is I, when I'm playing the role of one, I kind of feel, I feel weird about it. Like even when they like gear you up and you know, you're getting paid to be an actor and it's all like for a scene, I feel weird because of that fact that 
I wasn't, um, I chose not to serve at that mm -hmm. time. And there's yeah. been a, even to today, like, you know, my brother's an off, my brother-in-law is an officer in the air force. And, you know, I think about that st stuff a lot. And it's kind of one of those things that I'm like, man, I wish I, wish I would have just taken that opportunity because I can see so many like good things coming for that. And I have so much respect for that. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I think some of those rules, I, I did play a German soldier in one film and okay. that was probably the first experience I had towards like more of a method acting. Um, and my wife would just la die laughing because in the role, like I had to, I smoked cigarettes in this role and, and, you know, I had the whole like German outfit on and she came home one day and I was preparing for the role and I'm sitting in the backyard, man. And it's like by myself, like smoking a cigarette, which I don't even smoke. And I'm like smoking the cigarette and she comes out and she just like looks at me, shakes her head and goes back in and shuts the door. She's like, I don't, I don't even know what to say about this. But I felt in that role, like it was the first time that I tried to really dive deep and yeah. think like emotionally, um, where would this individual be? you know, and, and, and how would this individual act? And it was a, it was a cool experience for sure. Awesome. Well, you just got a few minutes left, but I always have yeah. to ask this question. What's your favorite type of music or do you have a favorite band that you like to listen to? Yeah. Um, I actually love, there's, there's two types. I love like EDM music okay. and, and I really love hip hop. I grew up on, um, like listening to the old school stuff, like the Dr. Dre's Acrotic, Snoop Dogg. Like I, I listened to the old school, you know, like Warren G and stuff. Yeah. And I think for me, that was a way to deal with a lot of just like family issues and stuff growing up and going back and forth. I felt like it was okay. And I connected more with that. So because of that, it's just all hip hop's always been just a big part of my life. Man. So cool. I actually, the first CD I ever owned was Arrested Development back in yes. the old day, man. And I just spoke to Speech, the lead singer of Arrested Development, last week, dude, on my show. What? Yeah, dude, it was, it was crazy. I can't, I mean, like, I threw one of these Hail Mary invites to him, and he was like, yes. dude, yeah, let's do it. And I was like, shut up. You know, like, <laughs> dude, is that really not cool the coolest thing about having a podcast? And like, one of the things I love about it is when you, you to your point, you just throw a Hail Mary. You're like, it doesn't hurt me if I don't. But right. if this individual says yes, and it's people you want on your show, right? It's not yeah. what you think is going to be cool. Like I had a guest recently that like I thought was going to be a big deal because of like their social awareness um, and their reach, but it was like this individual was so like angry about things, and it just <laughs> didn't like go with like the platform of my show. Yeah, and I had that aha. This is my show, man. I don't have to post anybody I don't want. Right. And now it's more important to reach out and be part of people you do want to be part of and yeah. reach out to those individuals you really want on your show. And I just think it's, it's so awesome, man. Your show, you're crushing it. You've had some, you had like Ed Milet, you've had some unbelievable <laughs> people on your show, man. And, and it's well-deserved, my friend. Well-deserved. Thank you. Uh, Thomas, it's been such an honor to have you on my show, man. Thank you so much dude, for sharing your story, man. And this was so much fun, man. I really appreciate you taking the time. <laughs> Absolutely, brother. Thank you. Yeah. So What's going on, guys? Thank you so much for watching this video today. I really appreciate it. If you could go and share this everywhere you can, leave us a review, leave us a rating. We would really appreciate it. That helps us get the word spread out about our podcast and about our show. And we can bring you amazing stories of the people that we bring on for the Bearded Biz and the Top Rated MMA Show. Thank you again. Have an awesome day.